Welcome to Preaching into the Mirror. I'm Sharmini Kumar. Each week I'm spending time with some of the stories of Jesus, according to the Gospel readings of the Revised Common Lectionary, if that means anything to you. And I'm preaching the sermon that I think I most need to hear. This week I'm preaching for my home church congregation, but I still have a mirror on the pulpit to remind myself that this message is for me too. Welcome. This week's passage is Mark 1, verses 14 to 20. Let's pray. Lord our God, we ask that as we come and look at your word, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts would be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. So in this passage, Jesus takes over from where John the Baptist has left off. John the Baptist has been put in jail and Jesus starts announcing that the time has come and the kingdom of God is near. So I just want you to imagine for a moment that somebody just walks into Canberra or possibly walks into the White House and says, uh, so guess what, guys? The parliament of God is coming. Or just imagine somebody walks into your workplace and says, there's a new boss coming and it's God. And this might be news to the people who are already your boss or who are already in Canberra or in the White House. But that's basically what Jesus is saying when Jesus says the kingdom of God is near. Jesus is saying the government of God is near. The rule of God is just around the corner. The will of God on earth is so close to us that we can see it happening right in front of us right now. That's what Jesus is saying. And I wonder how Jesus' hearers heard that. For the first time. I wonder, because we're used to hearing that, aren't we? We've heard that Bible passage before. We've even written songs about it. But I wonder how people responded to hearing that message for the first time that the kingdom of God is near. Because Jesus lived in a time of play and time and place where the kingdom of Rome was pretty much all powerful. The kingdom of Rome didn't put up with protests or rebellion or opposition. And for Jesus' listeners, the kingdom of Caesar was all around them. And it was a kingdom where the rich and the powerful always won out, where corruption got you ahead, where brutality and ruthlessness reigned, really. And into that situation, Jesus turns up and says, and Jesus turns up and announces that there is a rival kingdom. And that it is so close that from where you are right now, you can see it. So I wonder how people responded to that. And what about us? We live in a time and a place where sometimes the kingdom of the world seems all powerful. We might not have a, 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 you know, a kingdom of Rome and a Caesar, but... Doesn't it seem often like the rich and the powerful and the corrupt win out? Doesn't it seem like goodness and kindness and mercy 
aren't rewarded and make you weak? Doesn't it seem like the poor and the vulnerable just get trampled even further? Doesn't it sometimes seem like sin and sickness and death are stronger than life and grace? It's a rat race out there, we've heard that. It's a dog-eat-dog world. And that's the kingdom of the world. And in some ways, it is the same as it was in Jesus' time. But Jesus still announces that the kingdom of God is near. God's will is beginning to happen. And it's so close that we can see it. But I wonder, can we see it? Because I know I can't always see the kingdom of God being near. And maybe Jesus knows that in amongst the kingdom of the world, it's actually really hard to see that the kingdom of God is near. And Jesus says, so the the very first thing that Jesus says after the kingdom of God is near, Jesus says, some people have got their Bibles open, somebody can tell me. The kingdom of God is near. Repent. Repent. And we kind of think of the word repent uh, as almost like it's connected with with shame, with having done the wrong thing, with ha- with with being a bad person. That's that's what we think of the word repent as being about. And in, in the Bible, it can mean that. It can mean that we need to turn around. But it can also mean that we need a change of mind. It can also mean that we need to see things differently. Repent can mean that we need to see new things. Maybe repent means that we need to see the kingdom of God coming near. So where do we see the kingdom of God? Well, maybe just think about this last week. Think about what you've done and what you've seen and experienced. Where have you seen the kingdom of God? Where have you seen the grace and mercy of God triumphing over sin and death? It might be something small. It might be something that nobody else would notice. It might be something that everybody else would say was insignificant. But it is still God's will being done and God's kingdom coming. It might have been something in your life might have been something in someone else's life, might have been something in the natural world or the world around us. These small signs that the kingdom of God is is near. These small little explosions of grace that remind us that God's kingdom is near. And I think we need to get better at seeing. I would love to get better at seeing, so I don't have to keep going back to my optometrist, but that's a whole separate thing. But we need, we need, I need new eyes. Not just laser surgery, but new eyes. New eyes that can see how close the kingdom of God is. Because my old eyes, not just need glasses, but my old eyes get tired and discouraged and can only seem to see the kingdom of the world. 
And what I need is to repent. That is to see differently. To see the kingdom of God coming near. So Jesus says, repent. Repent. And then immediately after that, Jesus says, believe the good news. Repent and believe the good news. And sometimes I look at that word believe and I think, fabulous. Belief. I've done that. (laughs) I stood up at my baptism confirmation and I said, I believe. I stand up in church and I say the Apostles' Creed that I believe. Jesus wants me to believe. I've got the believing sorted out. Tick the box. Check. I've done that. But believing isn't just ticking a box on a form, is it? It's not just whether A, B or C is the right answer and if you get the right one, God will be happy. Belief is actually a bit more active than that. Belief is trust. Belief means putting the whole weight of your life into the thing that you believe in. Belief means living like it is true that God's kingdom is near. And I started to think about that this week. How would I live differently if I believed, like really believed, that the kingdom of God was so close I could see it? What would change? If I knew, if I saw, if I trusted that God was coming near, how would that shape me? What would I do differently with my time? What would I do differently with my life? But then how would that shape us as a church? If we were aware all the time of the nearness of God's kingdom, how would that shape us as a church? How would that shape our joy? How would that shape our mourning or sadness? How would it shape our ministry? How would it shape our relationships, our willingness to trust God and each other? How would it shape our lives if we really believed, if we lived like we saw the kingdom of God coming. So Jesus says, repent and believe the good news. And then Jesus walks along and he finds the, the, the fisherman and he says, follow me. Yeah, that was from the song. Everybody should know that one. That's fine. Follow me. It's very simple, isn't it? Follow me. Just two words. Follow me. But it makes me think that we follow only Jesus. And what I mean by that is we don't follow anyone else, even other people who are following Jesus. We don't follow the one person who follows Jesus. We follow Jesus. We don't even follow the minister or the famous Christian speaker or the famous Christian musician or the famous Christian uh, writer. We follow Jesus. Even the friends or the mentors or the leaders that we have in the faith, the people who have helped us enormously and are gifts of God to us, we don't follow them. We follow Jesus. That's one of the reasons that today I'm not going to tell you what it means to see God's kingdom coming near. That's one of the reasons I'm not going to tell you what it means to live our lives like we believe that God's kingdom is near. Because that's up to, that's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, isn't it? It's not for me to tell you. 
That's for the Holy Spirit to tell you. Maybe there's a time and a place to be a bit more direct and say things. But also, we follow Jesus. Each, each one of you who follows, follows not me, not Simon. Jesus. Not Agatha even. Jesus. And following Jesus is tricky business, isn't it? Mark's gospel makes it very clear that following Jesus will land up, end up at a cross and an empty tomb. That's where this following Jesus business will get you. Mark's gospel makes it very clear that if we follow Jesus, who is challenging the kingdom of the world, it's not going to be easy. In fact, halfway through Mark's gospel, in Mark chapter 8, verse 34, he says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow. That's following. So it's not meant to be easy. But that's what Jesus is calling them to right here, right now. And just, just somebody at the previous service actually said, just imagine they just dropped everything and followed. Just dropped everything and went. But it sounds it it can it it can sound a bit like like a, a list of things we need to do, doesn't it? We've talked about repenting and believing and, and following. And and maybe it sounds like like a list, like step one, see differently, step two, you know, believe, trust, step three, follow. But I don't think it's like a recipe. I don't think it's like one of those little, um, uh, you know, with the, the IKEA furniture, where they've got the pictures that you're supposed to follow what to do. That's hard. This might not be crucifixion hard, but it's still hard. But it's not. It's, it's not like that, where you, you you do one, two, and three, and you get a bookcase at the end. I think what actually happens when we repent and believe. When we see differently, when we see the kingdom of God, when we trust ourselves to God, is we start to follow. That's just what happens almost naturally. I mean, it does take effort. It does take sacrifice. But I think following flows naturally from seeing and believing that the kingdom of God is near. It did seem to for these disciples. I think it's what happens when God kind of invades our personal space and opens our eyes. I think it's what happens when we're still and we're quiet for long enough to have our minds open to the new reality of the small ways in which God's kingdom is coming. When we see that, when we see God's kingdom coming, when we really see that, then we trust. And when we trust, Jesus, when we trust Jesus, we follow, don't we? Where our lives are transformed by seeing. Our lives are formed and shaped by believing. More than by setting goals or resolutions or lists of don't do this and don't do this and don't do this. What shapes us is what, how we see the world is how we see God, is whether or not we see that the kingdom of God is near. So what if we spent time meditating on the nearness of God? What if we spent time just thinking about the ways in which 
The kingdom of God is near. What if we spent time just soaking up the kingdom and letting that soak into our hearts and seeing what God does? That's a bit of a trick question when the person up the front says, what if we do this thing, right? Because <laughs> you know that the next thing I'm going to do is we're going to have just a, bit of, just a short time of silence. Maybe just take a little bit of time. Maybe just ask God to show you the ways in which God's kingdom is coming. Maybe think through your week. Think through where you have seen or are seeing the grace of God. Maybe think where Jesus might be quietly waiting to be noticed. Let's just take a minute. And as we grasp hold of the truth that the kingdom of God is near, may we as individuals and as a church, may we learn to repent, to see differently, to believe, to trust, and to follow Jesus. Amen.